Hello again, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Austin, and hope everyone's doing well this week. We're, we're kind of getting into the swing of, of spring, kind of flirting a little bit, at least here in Michigan, we were flirting uh, with summer temperatures and things, so getting to be that good time of year for everybody, and uh, hopefully that means that this is the time of year where you really start to ramp up your activity, ramp up your personal production, get out and train more, uh, or, or at least have access to more training opportunities. Um, we just spent the weekend uh, getting out and doing low light and night vision shooting, so that was a, a really cool first experience for our group. Um, hopefully you all are able to get out, do the same expand your circle, build your network, all those good things that we talk about here on the podcast. And and like I said, really just take advantage of the fact that, you know, the weather's changing. It's a little bit more pleasant to be outside. You're afforded some some better opportunities and you know, can be so uh, miserable out there dealing with the snow and the extreme cold. Or maybe you're just lucky and you're one of those southern states and extreme cold for you is like the, the high 50s. Uh, for us here, it's usually, you know, single-digit weather or in the, the teens, you know, 18 degrees, things like that. But uh, headed in the right direction, and uh, this week certainly, you know, continue as a podcast to head in the right direction as we have another awesome guest joining me this week. Kurt from Relv Camo is sitting down with me as we get into a, a, a great discussion around camouflage and, and what Relv really does. If you guys aren't familiar with Relv, that's R-E-L-V. They've been around for several years now. Uh, I first came to know of them through the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. And as soon as I checked out their stuff, I was just totally blown away at the quality of work that they do, the amount of just detail and attention that's paid to the small things. It's just, it's it's really, it's outstanding stuff. They partner with a lot of cool brands out there to bring, you know, different ideas and concepts to market and really, really excited to sit down with Kurt and get to hear from him and, and what he has to share with us around, you know, camouflage. Cause honestly, it's a huge part of what we do and what we talk about, especially if you're looking to get out into the woods, uh, build out some sustainment gear and some kit that's really going to be beneficial for you and, and your group. You really should understand the principles of camouflage and understand if what you have is going to be effective um, even down to like the material and stuff, a lot of this stuff under night vision, you know, it's, it's not effective. And then you start to get into thermals and, and then everything's less effective unless you, you kind of know really the ins and outs of this. So really been looking forward to this discussion and been working to try and get Kurt on the pod for a couple of weeks now, super busy. They got so much going on. So really a rare opportunity and, and one I'm really fortunate to have. I think you guys are going to really dig it. But before I am able to get over to my chat with, with Kurt, as always, we are a we're a sponsored podcast. You know, we partner with some pretty badass companies, so I want to make sure that I say thank you to those partners and uh, and give them kudos, right, for the support they provide us and, and allow us to bring this awesome podcast and all of our content to all of you. So thank you to Midwest Gunworks, you guys. If you need any parts, you know, you're building an AR, you're repairing an AR, right? I just found out after this weekend that my gas rings are shot. Right, head on over to MidwestGunWorks.com, pick up barrels, bolt carrier groups, gas rings. You can use discount code Prepared Mindset. That's all one word. It's going to save you five percent off your order, and it doesn't stop there with the with the parts. You can buy full uppers, full lowers, magazines, lights, optics. Uh, they carry Edgar Sherman Design slings. These guys have been around since 1997. Great, great company with a whole lot to offer. 
always letting you know what's in stock and you know what isn't so you know when you order it you can be waiting for weeks and weeks like some of those other websites out there again head on over to midwestgunworks.com use discount code prepared mindset to save five percent off and support the prepared mindset and pick up some good gear for yourself also huge thank you to 100 concepts you guys if you don't know who 100 concepts is i don't even know what to tell you at this point uh get out from under the rock man they took the the community by storm uh you know q3 of last year right they they came out with their light caps and everybody was about it huge huge uh you know adoption rate on these light caps out there they have multiple sizes now now they're even making specific sizes for you know certain lights out in the market just like the rain 3.0 which they also have in stock over at 100concepts.com i picked up one in flat dark earth highly recommend you guys go pick one of those up they're like freaking lightsabers man great great lights but 100 concepts doing great stuff with their light caps their scope caps i also just got one of their uh, pack scrims now that again the weather's changing they just dropped their multi-cam uh, tropic pattern head on over to 100concepts.com pick up some some scrim make sure your helmet and your pack are good to go they have chem light kits chem light refills all kinds of good stuff you guys head on over to 100concepts.com support what garrett pierce and jonah are doing and releasing some just awesome awesome gear pick yourself up some stuff today thank you number three here to larp labs guys if you are looking at camouflage trying to figure out how to improve your overall silhouette your your camouflage right the first thing a lot of people tell you to do is you need to spray paint your rifle because it's going to glow under nods. And there's certainly with, you know, some brands, there's more truth to that than others. But painting your rifle is something a lot of people are pretty apprehensive about. That's where LARP Labs comes in. If you don't want to paint your optic, you don't want to paint your light, you have, you know, reservations about ruining them. You can check out these computer cut 3M vinyl adhesives that John and his team have put together. And these things are super durable. All right. They're used on professional rock crawlers outside. They got a three-year outdoor lifespan. They don't leave any residue. They don't, they don't peel or fall off. And guys, he hooked you up with discount code prepared mindset. It's going to save you 10% off at larplabs.com. Again, this will work for your weapon lights, your handheld lights, your optics, uh, your laser units, hell, even a PVS 14. If you're into that nightlife, like so many of us are these days, great, great stuff. And John is always coming out with more patterns to cover even more optics, give you guys more options and, and more camouflage patterns and colors too. Again, that's larplabs.com discount code prepared mindset for 10% off your order. Go check that out. And certainly not least, but last on this list is active carry. Guys, medical is important. As important as we, you know, as we say it is, with every discussion, it is still somehow understated. You need to have medical equipment. It's absolutely vital. That's where Active Carry comes in. You guys can head to Active Carry Tech. That's tech with no H. ActiveCarryTEC.com. Discount code PMP10 for 10% off when you go to pick up tourniquets, when you go to pick up chest seals, when you go to pick up gauze. Maybe you need to pick up a whole kit because you're going, you know, you just bought a camper and you need to have a dedicated medical kit for you and your wife and your kid or two kids, right? Head on over to activecarrytech.com. Again, discount code is PMP10 for savings, 10% off there. And you can pick up one of their blazer IFAC kits. If it's just you that you're worried about, you want to keep something in the car or in your bag, if you're going out for a couple days in the woods on your own, you can pick up their gamma kit. Maybe you're in law enforcement or the military. You can pick up one of their breacher kits. 
They have a custom kit builder tool, you guys, and they stock a ton of USA-made parts, pieces, components, whatever you want to call it, to fill out your medical kit to make sure you have the best access to the best medical tools for when tragedy strikes. Head on over to activecarrytech.com. One more time, PMP10 for 10% off. Head over to the site, support those guys and what they're doing. So thank you, huge thank you as always to those those companies that help us out tremendously with everything that we do here. Like I said, my guest this week is Kurt from Ralph Camo. Camouflage is a huge topic of discussion these days. You know, everyone's kind of getting into you know hashtag recce life, and they really want to spend more time out in the woods, which is fantastic. I think we need to get away from screens. I think we really need to embrace this this part of the community. But really, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around camouflage. You see a lot of guys just rocking the military surplus. They just rock the M81, you know, or they just rock the multicam. And while those are good patterns, they're not good for every environment. And it changes with the weather and it changes depending on what part of the country you're in, what part of the world you're in. So there's a lot to it. It it can get to be a very uh, deep conversation and a very deep concept pretty quickly. So very much looking forward to hear everything Kurt has to share with us. With that, I'm going to get on over to the discussion here and quit running my mouth. Here we go. Kurt, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for making the time. Hey, thank you. I appreciate the invite. Dude, absolutely. I think that with what we're seeing right now in the community, uh, with like this focus the last couple of years, it feels like, right, where everybody's about getting out in the woods and doing, uh, I mean, it's a misused, right? But like hashtag recce everything yeah. uh, and guys want to actually get out there. I think that people are actually starting to want to understand how camouflage works other than just like off the rack surplus clothing. Um, yep. And I know, uh, I, and I had no idea, honestly, uh, who you guys were until I, it was a couple of years ago, I think uh, you were on the Fieldcraft podcast. And I was it like, was. Oh, this, sounds, this sounds really interesting. Like, you know, how, how can you improve on camouflage? Just a pattern, right? Like I complete ignorance. Um, so after that episode, I went and looked you guys up. I was like, Holy shit, there's a lot to this. Um, so I'm, I'm really geeked to be able to to sit down and kind of, and talk through a lot of this stuff, but, um, let's just start with, uh, who you are. If you can just explain to listeners who you are and kind of how Relv kind of ended up being here. Okay. Yeah, so my name is Kurt Little, and um, born and raised in the Mountain West. I'm a Utah boy. Um, been in the outdoors all my life. Um, yeah, so I, I just love being outside. Camouflage from the time I was a little boy was something that uh, I've loved. You know, I emulated that as a kid watching movies, and my dad, my dad was in the army. Um, so camo has always kind of been something that I've, I've just always worn as a kid. And um, my, as an adult, my graphic design background kind of brought me to this place. Um, but fairly recently, I mean, I only started designing camo in 2017. A opportunity, an opportunity came to me, I mentioned in other podcasts and on our website, there's a company in Southern Utah called Scree, S-K-R-E, Scree Gear. Fantastic guys, and they have been clients of ours for quite a while. And one day they asked me if I would be interested in designing their next camouflage pattern. Up to that point, I'd just done t-shirts and things like that. And uh, I said, sure, I'll take it. 
shot at it. So I designed their summit pattern with one of the owners, Mike Nielsen, and he had the vision in his mind of kind of what he wanted. And we worked closely together to realize that pattern. I named it summit as kind of just a placeholder and they loved it. So they, they put a trademark on it and uh, the rest was history. So that uh, pattern helped basically catapult their little hunting company into a whole nother level where they were competing with the big boys. And so from that experience, I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, we ought to do this again. Like we should do this as a real business. And she hundred percent agreed. And uh, so Relv, the name comes from the Estonian language and it means weapon. And she was asking me, well, what would be your tagline for a camouflage company? And I said, I want to create weaponized camouflage. That would be my tagline. And so she starts Googling the word weapon in different languages and found this four letter word, RELV. And at first I didn't like it. I was like, ah, keep looking, you know. And she kept coming back to it. She's like, look, it's easy to remember. It's easy to pronounce. And uh, I like it. <laughs> so yeah. I ran down to the studio and designed the blade, the blade logo that's in the word RELV. And it's stuck. So I came back to her and I said, RELV it is. So that night I registered uh, the name, formed the LLC. And uh, it was back in 2017. So RELV was born. We've just been going hard at it ever since. That's, that's awesome. I mean, like just almost as like on a whim on, on the fly, like, Hey, you want to give us, give a shot at, at, at designing your own pattern and then kind of just snowballs into what has now become, uh, I would say like a industry standard industry leader, right. In, in this space. Uh, I don't know about that, but I appreciate, appreciate that. I mean, I think I think what you guys are doing is huge. Um, I, I don't, and it might be my ignorance, but I, I know that there's probably a lot of people out there trying to do it. I, I've seen a lot of what you guys do, you know, um, if you're talking offline about the Altama shoes, which I have, you know, and love, um, yeah. I think it's just, it's great stuff that you guys are, are putting out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. A lot of hard work. Um, it's, it's interesting. The, the camo industry is, is very niche and there are a few players. There's lots of camo designers and I'm one of them. And, uh, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, looking forward to our conversation, I was thinking about, you know, what is the difference between a designer who is, you know, comes from obscurity and then, and then builds a business into something that's successful. And the thing, one of the things that I kept coming back to was the camo design as an artist is only a small part of the big picture. Um, it's, it's kind of like having an idea, but if you don't execute on it, it never comes to fruition, right? It's uh -huh. just your idea. And so there is the art, there is the camo pattern, um, but you have, there's so much that goes on around it. For example, um, you need to protect your patterns. You need to have them copyright protected. The first year in business, I think I spent 30, close to $30,000 of my 
money just protecting just obtaining that is a lot of money just for the legal side oh yeah yeah we spend lots of money on the legal side of rel so year one i think it was close to thirty thousand to get our patterns protected to get our trademark registered in the united states as well as asia um i was advised by a colleague in the industry a friend of mine um who is the owner of a very large uh, camel company. He was a mentor to me early on, and which seems really kind of strange. Why would the owner of a massive uh, camouflage company have any interest in mentoring another camouflage designer? And now we're competitors um, to a degree, uh, but he did, and he gave me some great advice. And early on, he said, you know, never, never, never take a deal with Walmart because you'll never you'll never uh, be able to change it. You'll never recover from that. Oh, no, they got, um, they got more money than, than God. And what, um, yeah, sure. you'd lose yeah. that fight. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the thing was, is I set out to, I wanted to design camo that was high end, not just run of the mill. Um, and so his advice was don't take the deal with Walmart and register everything register your logo right with a trademark register all your artwork with copyright and everything that you build protect it protect it get you know your your uh, patents filed etc cetera, etc cetera. well that's very very expensive but five years into the business now i am so glad that early on i spent the money and protected everything um so i, I would say that's a component to the business that a lot of folks don't think about it. It's, it's far more than just, Hey, I have a cool camo idea. It's the legal side of it. It's um, competing in the market. I mean, there's, as you know, there's lots of camouflage out there and there's some big, big players. Um, so for us as a small company to compete, um, you have to do your homework and you have to be very, very diligent and vigilant. You have to pay attention to what other, other companies are doing. Um, you know, yesterday I was, sitting with my banker in meetings and um, that's uh, that's been a new evolution for us because we're going next level this year. Um, up to now, five years in, I've been paying for everything out of pocket. Basically my life savings has gone into RELF. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been very, very careful and calculating about where I spend my money, what we're going to spend our money on. And I think one of the, most powerful things an entrepreneur can learn to do is say no. And most of the time it's saying no to yourself. No, we're not going to spend that money. No, we're not going to take that deal. We're going to walk away. And as entrepreneurs, we dream about the big break. And, and so when those opportunities come, you have to be super prayerful even and spend time just really pondering, is this the direction I want to go? Um, We've been offered twice now in the first five years by major uh, camouflage companies to just buy RELF. And, you know, without getting into their motivations as to why would they want to buy RELF, we've had two so far of the major big boys that have uh, approached us to purchase. Um, to me, Austin, that lets me know that we're on the trajectory that we need to be on. Let's me know. Oh, yeah. We're starting to 
um, garner a place in, in the space. So that's exciting to me. Um, obviously we politely declined, uh, after, you know, taking a look at it, I decided, uh, no, we're on a great path. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. So anyway, those are just a couple of things, you know, this last weekend I was driving back across the Nevada desert, um, was out, uh, near Fallon, uh, Nevada and, uh, had a lot of time to think. And I was thinking about this conversation. I thought, okay, what can I share uh, that would be valuable to future entrepreneurs? And maybe somebody that's listening to this podcast is thinking about opening their own business and maybe they have a creative skill like designing camouflage. Um, what are some of those things that I, I can share that uh, help them avoid some of the troubles, pitfalls and frustrations that come with starting your own business? So, yeah, no, it's, it's all real. It's good information. I think, especially, you know, in the last two, three years here with what we saw, right. Everybody was home for a while. So everyone, uh, myself included with this podcast, right. Took the opportunity to launch some projects to start some businesses and things. And, uh, once it gets past that point, you know, where you start to maybe have the potential to start making money, start to maybe be serious about it, man, you get in some real serious conversations really quickly around even just forming an LLC for some people or opening a bank account. It's like, all right, well now this is like, this is a step. So no, that's, yeah. and, it, and it, 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 it gets real very fast. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely, I love being an entrepreneur. I've been a habitual entrepreneur um, with other businesses and stuff through the years. I, I like it more. I've worked the corporate jobs. I was an art director at Microsoft. I was an art director at Electronic Arts. Um, oh, no I way. Yeah. I have another company called North Powder. And North Powder is a creative agency where we service uh, some of our clients, include Toyota, Disney, Microsoft, um, uh, Dylan Arrow, and some of the, some other aerospace companies um, as a separate business. And Prior to that, you know, I've been a DOD contractor twice. Um, so I've, I've seen the corporate world and I have decided to create for myself professionally businesses that I can run that where I can still make a good living, but I'm my own boss, master and commander. If I fail, it's, it's because of me. I'll take that. Where when I contrast that with what I was doing in corporate America for all those years, um, I didn't like the anxiety that I felt not knowing what was coming next. Is the next round of layoffs going to get us? Is the game that we just made going to go big or is it going to fall flat on its face, et cetera, et cetera? Well, when you own your own company, it's a lot of that is up to you. If you want to succeed, you figure out the ways and the things that you need to do to do so. And I prefer that over the nine to five. Now, my wife, who uh, in the beginning yeah. we talked about being um, business partners on Relf, we eventually just decided we were better as a married couple than we were business partners. And that suited me just fine. And she was fine with that. She likes the nine to five with her career. And uh, she likes coming home and leaving it. And for me, it's as an entrepreneur, as you know, it's it's always there. Right? You're always thinking about your business and mm -hmm. how to be successful. So 
pros and cons, lifestyles, one versus another, you just kind of have to decide for yourself. But for me, this is this is what I'm passionate about. So so when you decided to, you know, really get serious about this and 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 turn this into an endeavor, right? Yep. What were can you talk about like what were some of the some of the things that you maybe realized out there in the industry that were or, or gaps in the industry, right? Like why why is there a need for better quality camouflage? Why, you know, yeah. Why, 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 you know, make the, the leap, right? Um, yeah. Is it, isn't M81 Woodland good enough for everybody? Yeah. It's, but I mean, I grew up on, on M81. I mean, those were the, the camouflage patterns available to me. There was, you know, obviously all of drab fatigues that were surplus from Vietnam. Um, I thought that the UCP pattern or, um, you know, the Digicam that uh, we've seen over the last, 20 years in Afghanistan and Iraq was one of the most horrific uh, travesties of the, of the history of camouflage. I think that was an awful, awful piece. And guys, you know, I've heard some guys say, oh, you know, once you get it dirty, um, okay. But uh, so I looked at that um, multicam, you know, you can find multicam everywhere in the world. And, I have tremendous respect for Caleb Cry and uh, and those guys over there. I think it's Greg Thompson is his partner. Those guys have done so well, and I you know I have to tip my hat to them. Um, you know I have other colleagues. It's funny because I'm actually friends. I consider myself friends with many of these guys in the industry because I believe in encouraging competition. I believe in healthy competition. Yeah, um, and so I've made it a point to be friends with lots of the, the guys in the space. You'll find you, you'll find my comments and my encouragement on their posts and vice versa. Um, Cause I, that's the, that's the way I think we should be is I think that uh, the healthy competition is what drives innovation. And uh, I'm not out to, I'm certainly not out to create enemies. You know, I want, I'd much rather be a friend than an enemy. So that's kind of how I approach it. Um, you know, guys like Joe, Joe Skinner um, was probably early on one of my greatest um, inspiration. He wasn't a mentor at first, but he was definitely an inspiration to me. And he was the founder of a company called Vale Camo. Um, they're in Sportsman's. They've done very, very well. And Joe and I have become very good friends uh, after we met at SHOT Show in 2019. Um and we still talk. In fact, the other day, crazy guy, he sends me a photo of him wearing one of uh, wearing a Relv uh, Copperhead hoodie. And this is a guy who's a direct competitor with me. And, you know, it's just the way we like to roll. And he has very much the same attitude. You know, it's like, hey, let's let's be innovators in the space. Um, there is room. And so, you know, there's several others that are camouflage designers that you know, we connect with and sometimes we trade ideas, you know, obviously each of us wants to protect our own IP because we are at the end of the day trying to feed our families with it. Um, but I do love and enjoy that kind of camaraderie within the industry. Um, seemed like the other day I was listening to one of your lives and you were talking about community and building community within the firearms yeah. industry. And I, I believe that 100%, especially now, and so in the camo space, I feel, you know, if we apply the same 
logic. Uh, let's let's innovate. Let's come together and bring best of class and lift each other as a community instead of constant, you know, infighting and backbiting. So anyway, I can't speak for other companies in the space, but for RELV, that's definitely where we've set our feet and that's where we plan to continue is to innovate and to encourage community. So in terms of talking about what you guys are are addressing, right, mm-hmm. with RELV, with, with camouflage in general, um, yep. <clears throat> there's... I I think there is anyways, there's some like basic principles right behind how camouflage should work. Right. And I think that to a large degree, some of that gets lost when people start to get, it's weird that people almost get like married to certain patterns, you know, like flectarn or or whatever. I mean, whatever it it just, Oh, this looks great. And it's like, well, you know, that doesn't work for where you live. Right. And they go, Oh no, it's great though. Um, yeah. like, let's talk about the importance of understanding, you know, a, what you're trying to achieve with camouflage, which is to hide obviously, but you know, it's kind of some of the fundamental principles behind like observing this and how it should work. Sure. So yeah. And let me, I guess as part of that, let me um, also address what you asked in the previous question. That was, what did I see in the industry that needed, I, I felt was missing. Um, some of the folks that I've just mentioned earlier are some of the best in the world, best of class. I mean, Caleb Cry with multicam, phenomenal work. Joe Skinner, et cetera, et cetera. Great guys, great designers. Um, what I thought I could bring in 2017, what I thought I could bring was a fresh take on aesthetic. So I wanted to bring patterns to the, to the market that folks had never seen. Like I wanted guys like yourself to see it for the first time and go, wow, that is so new. That is so fresh. That is so different than everything else on the market. And if I could get that response from you as a customer, that was gold to me. And so that's what I'm striving for with each pattern. Um, Each one is inspired in a different way. It comes from a different history, you know, like Moab, is probably our most popular pattern right now. Uh, we sell a lot of fabric in Moab, um, you know, the Altama shoes and on and on and on. Moab, the inspiration for that pattern came from a topo map of Moab, Utah, which, you know, I love that area. I was born and raised here in Utah. And so I've, I have a lot of, you know, uh, frequency there in the desert and, uh, and so it was, it was really built as an homage to that area. And I said, oh, this will make a cool pattern. I had no idea that it would become one of our best sellers, which is pretty cool. So I think what I, to answer that question, I think that what I wanted, what I saw the need for was just fresh. We'd seen a lot of the same for many, many years. And so I just wanted to, to bring a fresh take on, on camouflage patterns. Now on... Your follow-on question, um, camouflage is different to everybody, but everybody seems to love camouflage. What do I mean by that is I feel like there is the concealment element, right? There are folks that are purchasing camouflage that are looking for a specific pattern or colorway um, because they hunt in a certain area. Like you're in Michigan, I get you're in, yeah, you're in Michigan. Yep. 
Yep. And in Utah, these are very, very different biomes, very geographically, very, very different areas. Um, and so green patterns versus tan based patterns. Um, so that's one is, is the folks that are looking for concealment. Then you have the folks that are just, they just simply love wearing. I mean, who doesn't like wearing cool clothes, right? Right. So it's really about the aesthetic. Like what's your style? You know, do you like the tans and greens or do you like a camel pattern? Like or this boogie Island where, you know, I take these Hawaiian flowers and leaves and palms and, and, you know, run this black and gray and green colorway over it. And, and it just becomes, you know, just a fashion statement, you know, it's a cool hoodie and guys, gals like to wear it. Um, so there's that, you know, there's just people that want to wear a cool pattern. And, uh, and then I think as far as, um, you know, folks that get, uh, you know, really like they, they really stand behind their pattern. It's, which I think is great. And it's all about identity. So if you're an M81 guy, or if you're an AOR1 or AOR2 or Marpat or Flectarn, or, you know, if you want to go old school with some of our RELV vintage patterns that we've brought back, you know, a lot of the frog skin, uh, U.S. Marine Corps frog skin fabric that you're seeing in the industry is RELV. That's from our vintage line, which we keep very, very quiet. Um, so it's just, it's, it's all about fashion too, right? So if you think about how people wear, like you're wearing a Detroit Tigers ball cap right now. Yep. <laughs> if you are from Detroit, you're often, you're going to wear, you know, you're going to wear a Lions uh, ball cap or a Tigers ball cap. And so that's your team. And I think most people would, when they think about it, would agree that camouflage is often the same way. I'm an M81 guy. It, it's God's plaid or nothing. Or whatever you're into, I'm into, you know, if you're into, if you're into the hunting space, it's like, well, I'm a Sitka guy or I'm cryptic or I'm veil or, you know, whatever. So it becomes team. So it's kind of a fun game for me as a designer, because I want to design patterns that make you leave your team or you're at least open to, you know, changing yeah. it up. So so I, there's just different demographics. You know, you've got your hunting space, you've got your tactical type of camouflage, and then you've got lifestyle. And we have patterns for all of those verticals, and we have a lot more coming. So it's it's just it's just fun. I like to play in all of them. You know, mm -hmm. and then we can talk. You know, then there's the whole um, tactical application with our counter thermal. Eclipse products and, you know, stuff that's being used on the modern battlefield. So, which has nothing to do with lifestyle and has everything to do with, you know, being lethal and then coming home after the mission. So, yeah, no, I mean, and it, and it's a, that's a good point, you know, trying to get, I like the way you put that because, you know, people are they're I mean, the, the tigers are awful. The lions are absolute dog shit not last year and this is going to be our year which is what we say every season but you know yeah. getting it's a it's an it's an easy way to equate that for people because there are dudes that you know they're out there and oh I'll buy all my gear and it's going to be M81 or I'll buy all my gear and it's going to be that coyote brown because that's the best color yeah. for all environments and it's like well yeah. is it good y yes is it the best i think that's 
kind of a matter of opinion in in a lot of instances and guys get real they get a lot of heartburn about it when you try to tell them there's probably something a bit better out there that they you know or understand yeah. hey, you might need to buy more than one set of that shirt pants you know whatever to fit your different environments if you're traveling a lot yep yeah guys can get fighting mad when you uh, challenge them on their camo patterns i don't typically engage in the forums and the comments other than to encourage but it is interesting to, you know, you get a post where some guy will compare, you know, several different patterns and, oh man, and they start chiming in and boy, guys can get fighting mad over, you know, their pattern is kind of their team. You know, if it were a Jersey, they'd be wearing it. Oh so. yeah. I mean, if, is there, is there a way, I mean, and I don't know if this is maybe part of your design process at all, or even if you, I don't know if you guys get contracted to do something and, I don't know. Is there like a, a way where you can figure out what works best for you? Like, you know, go out and grab a handful of these different plants and try and figure out like what makes sense for you from a camouflage perspective. Yeah. I, I don't think there's and no disrespect to multi-cam, but I don't feel that there is one specific pattern that hits every single biome. Um, I, I'm a big fan of changing up camouflage patterns, and I wear a lot of multi-cam. I have for years. Um, so you'll see me in photographs, you know, wearing uh, multi-cam pants with a, a Relv Copperhead hoodie or Moab or Tunnel Rat or something like that. Um, you know, in the military space for years, during the GWAT, you're seeing guys wearing, you know, uh, desert three-tone bottoms or AOR two, and then they'd be wearing like a MA one combat shirt on top. Um, so I like to mix up patterns, um, uh, and, you know, shake it up a little bit when you are selecting. And we get that question a lot. Like I get guys who will text me and they'll say, Hey, I'm looking at the website. I just don't know. I can't decide which one I want. And so we often, you know, ask them to send us photos of the area that they they want to operate in. You know, are you bow hunting for whitetail or are you LARPing in Seattle? You know, what is what is your lifestyle and, and what's the area like that you want to operate in? And then we help them find, you know, if it's if it's more of an arid, like if you're in Colorado, for example, um, we get a lot of folks that will order up tunnel rat in the spring for the spring and summer when things are green. And then they will rock Moab through the drier season. So August through October, November, and then they rock Timberwolf all winter long. Timberwolf is our, is our snow pattern. So changing that up, I think is probably the best way to answer that is, evaluate the area you operate in. Is it mostly green? Is it most, or is it mostly tan? Um, Eclipse is our, is our counter thermal product and we print Eclipse double-sided. So the idea is that you buy one product and depending mm -hmm. on which side you run out, out facing is according to the biome that you're working in. So in Michigan, you know, you would run perhaps a Moab tunnel rat combination. So in the summertime, you would use your eclipse with the green side out and then 
come fall and winter, flip it over and use the Moab side, which is more dry, dry greens, things like that. Um, so that was by design was that you could buy one product and be able to use it year round just by the pattern combination that you choose. So, yeah, so that's where we start with our, our customers is send us pictures and then we help them think critically about the, the area they live in, the biome, as we call it in the camo design area, the biome yeah. that you operate in and then, and then select your pattern accordingly. So, so when we're looking at like the Ralph patterns, and this is something I, I, I vaguely recollecting from the conversation you had with the guys over at Fieldcraft, but I remember you got into some specifics around your guys' patterns versus what is out there, uh, like off the, we'll say off the rack, you know, the, the I guess, uh, like legacy camo, right? Like M81, I'll, I'll keep going back to that. And I remember you yeah. mentioned something around pixels or something like that. Mm-hmm. So what, like, what's the level of detail that you guys kind of take it to, to try and, and make your, your patterns that real step above the, like I said, like the legacy offerings that we see out there with, you know, like surplus off the rack. So technically speaking, most patterns, uh, most camouflage patterns repeat at about 24 and one quarter inch uh, drums, right? So when they wet print camouflage patterns, they want that pattern to repeat approximately every two feet, right? Two, two and a half feet, depending on the size of the drum. Um, So it's been a limitation that the textile industry has had for several years, many years, because otherwise um, to keep the fabric wet and to keep it processing through, you, you try to keep those drums smaller so that the circumference around those drums is not, you know, super big. Um, as they're they're running it through. So if you can imagine these stainless steel rollers that are laser etched um, with a particular part of the pattern, and then you run the fabric through and the, the rollers are getting inked. And then as the fabric passes over that roller, it lays down that part of the pattern and then it moves on to the next roller and it gets its part and so on and so forth. Kind of like screen printing t-shirts. So if you screen and then you rotate yeah, yeah, yeah. the screen, concept except it's rollers um so patterns have been limited to that 24 inch repeat one of the things that i set out to do with relv was i wanted patterns that repeat at 36 inches so that you get a larger pattern and you get more effective breakup and you're not seeing the same pattern stamped across you know a garment or I think the worst is probably truck wraps. So you get this camouflage pattern. And if you stand back and look at the, the truck wrap, you'll see the same pattern repeat across the side of the truck. Um, so that was one of the reasons, one of the things that I set out to do early was create a larger repeat so that you just get more natural breakup rather than just stamp, stamp, stamp. The other thing that you asked about was pixels versus vector. So I design all of my patterns in vector. So um, I usually design in Adobe Illustrator and it's all vector based. So lines and shapes. And the reason I do that is because I want to 
create a camouflage pattern that can be scaled. If they wanted to shrink, if they wanted to vinyl wrap a 747, they could scale a relf pattern as big as they need to for that jet. And you don't lose resolution. So we all, we're all familiar with, you know, low res digital photos that are, that are restricted to how many pixels you have in that artwork will determine how, how detailed and sharp it is. It's the same with camouflage patterns. If you have a camo designer who only designs in Photoshop and Photoshop outputs only pixel-based imagery, you're limited to what you can do with that pattern because if you try and blow it up, it becomes pixelated. And so that's why I design in vector so that you can scale your patterns and they don't go blurry. They don't pixelate on you. They stay nice and sharp. Yeah, because that's that's something I've noticed with, I mean, you look at the stores, you know, whether you're the big box stores or online and or whatever, different brands and things. And yep. it you can you can kind of tell on some of these patterns out there, like it's it just it's not a crisp image, you know, and yep. uh, and I, I guess is I don't know if that's a, a material issue, but it kind of sounds like that's more just like a design flaw, fundamentally speaking. Well, flaw or style, I mean, depending on who you're talking to. Um, but for me, I wanted the most flexibility I could get. You're not going to get that with a pixel-based camouflage pattern. You're just not. It's going to blur. It's going to fragment out just like a, it, when you enlarge a photo, right? With vector, you can go as big as you want. And, and I think vector causes a designer to really think very critically about how they're putting the pattern together because you can't hide it in mush where you can with a with a pixelated image you know in photoshop you you know you can run filters and things like that over you know a photo of a tree branch or something like that mm -hmm. but at some point it just becomes mud and when you print that on say a textile a sweatshirt um it goes muddy like that you your pattern looks like mud. So that's, again, that's why I choose to design in vector versus pixels. So it's does better, it's a cleaner result. So does, let me ask this then, does with the material that you're printing on, like, and I don't know if maybe, I'm sure this has to be a conversation you have if you guys are ever brought in on projects and things like that. Are there certain materials that just respond better for these kinds of applications or is like you're saying here with the vectoring piece is that really kind of the i hate using the, the term silver bullet i get it at work all the time in corporate america everyone's looking for the the silver bullet solution um yeah but I mean, is that does material really come into it because i feel like we talk so much you know now that everyone's getting into like night vision and stuff like oh that stuff's gonna glow under night vision you it doesn't matter what you know you have on if you're wearing this material things like that does that come into the equation 100 percent, you bet so it always depends on the application and the customer's need so for our military customers we work very closely with textile manufacturers to make sure that we are nir compliant near infrared compliant and there's you're working in spectrums with the dyes and the inks, you're working in different spectra, the spectrum of light spectrums for uh, achieving that, right? So how does it look under nods? Well, you need to stay within these colors 
often or these values, meaning how dark or light, in order to achieve good breakup under night vision. Um, then you have, uh, you know, the truck wraps, guys that just want a sexy looking truck. And so, you know, you're, you're printing the same exact pattern that you did on the military uniform as you are on this guy's vinyl truck wrap. And again, that's why I wanted, I, I purposely designed in certain ways and dimensions and color palettes to meet, to be able to, to uh, utilize vinyl and 500D Cordura and uh, Velcro and um, mesh, you know, that we print our Eclipse on. Um, so yes, textiles and what we what we call it, the term is substrate. So the substrate is the material that you're going to print it on, right? So is it hydrographic film for hydrographics and dipping things? Is it vinyl? Is it 500D or Dura? Is it 5050 Nyko ripstop? You know, all kinds of stuff. Is it polyester, you know, for, for our hoodies? And all of these, this is where the nightmare comes for camo designers or would-be camo designers. It is every single one of those substrates will receive the camo pattern differently. And it wow. will impact, it'll impact how your camo, camouflage pattern looks on that particular substrate. For example, I could take Moab and we could print it on a Kydex that's going to be made into a gun holster. And it could look different than it would on, say, 5050 Nyko, which is what most of your tactical gear is made of. Your plate carriers, your backpacks are generally uh, not Nyko, 500D Cordura. 5050 Nyko is your ripstop combat uniforms. Sorry, misspoke. Um, and so the nightmare comes in what we call press checking when that fabric is laid down onto the, or the, the pattern is laid down onto the substrate. You have to constantly have either myself or somebody that's qualified to make the call on, does that look correct? And we've certainly, you know, learned a lot um, over the last five years with different substrates. Um, I think that's where I have a slight advantage over folks who don't have my background in graphic design because I've worked as an art director for many, many years. And that's really what an art, one of the things an art director tries to do is make sure that no matter the product that your pattern is going on, whether it's a football uniform in Madden or whatever it is, your job is to try to maintain a consistent look and feel across, you know, the, the product line. So it's kind of rudimentary for me now because I've, I've just been doing it for so many years, but um, it can be an absolute nightmare when you start, you know, if you're a new camo designer and you've come to the industry and it's like, yeah, here's my pattern. And you get a sample back from the factory and it doesn't look anything like what you wanted to. Right. So it, yeah, you lose a lot of hair and you lose a lot of sleep. Yeah. And I think, and, and that's, you know, for better or for worse, I think that's the why we get the question all the time around like, well, how come we can't get fill in the blank plate carrier in whatever camo pattern? You know, how come it's only everybody only makes the same five, you know, options or seven options? And I think part of yeah. it's price, you know, just the cost of keeping that much material around to make it. But to you know what you just said there, 
I think there's a lot that sounds like, right. There's a whole hell of a lot that goes into it before you even get to that point. We're talking about the 500 D and if it'll truly work the way you kind of envision it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, man, there's, there's so many things that factor into it. Um, it, it could be the fact that your monitor, because this is where it starts, is your computer monitor is not calibrated. Well, what does that mean? What that means is there, there are tools available to designers that will help you calibrate what you're seeing on your monitor as closely as it possibly can to the actual color codes. So that, again, that goes back to my, my, um, my career in video games and movies and graphic design is we would calibrate every monitor so that ideally, no matter who's working on a piece, whether it's a shot for a movie or a video game, you know, the character color for their, armor or, or football uniform or whatever has to be spot on. And man, I had a guy issue it. Well, he said he's going to kill me um, on, oh on uh, NCAA football. Years ago, I was an art director, was the art director on uh, EA's NCAA football. And he felt like the color of his college football team was wrong. Right. So I'm going to kill you guys for screwing this up. And we just laugh, you know, but because it was more than chances are it was that his TV that he was playing it on was completely whacked. And the way it displayed certain colors was completely whacked because when we made products like Madden and NCAA football, we go to great pains to uh, calibrate the monitors that the artists build the content on. And then we test it on hundreds of TVs that are current in the industry to see how the game looks on different displays. I was going to say that sounds, that calibration, it just sounds like a giant pain in the ass. A giant pain, giant pain, but you have to do it. So uh, when you go to start work on something like that, I highly recommend to people calibrate your gear um, because it's going to save you a, a ton of trouble down the road. You know, because you'll get in arguments where you're like, well, it looks like this on my monitor. And the guy at the factory is going, you have no idea what you're talking about. It's obvious because because the Pantone color code for that color is this. And he's got a swatch and you're just sitting there going, you know, but that's that's part of the pain that um, comes comes with the job. Right. Is you've got to you got to know what you're doing. It's not it's far more than just walking out in the woods and taking a bunch of photos and then mashing them, do it, you know, photo bash in Photoshop and go, I made a camouflage pattern. It is far, far, far more involved than that. So if you're going to do it right. That's awesome. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, and let me just say how many people are so upset. The NCAA football is no longer a thing. So many hours <laughs> of life given to that yeah. video game back in the day. I um, it myself. Yeah, it was fun. But uh yeah, I it's it's something they think when we, you know, we get in the conversations around this and people just don't understand how 
how I mean, even from from a business and and a design perspective of just bringing it to market, right? Like what it's going to end up like is such a huge process, and it's not as simple as, well, why can't you just do it? Why? I mean, it can't be that hard, you know. Why can't you just you know turn up the grayscale or or you know and yeah. and then just print a run that looks like that for me? And it's like, well, yeah. because there's more to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's layers of complexity that people don't know about. Yes, for sure. For sure. I, you know, I, we, we laugh, so, fellow designers and I, sometimes we chuckle because if it was easy, it's one of those things where, you know, the old adage, if it were easy, everyone would do it. Um, yeah. But those that do it well spend, you know, a lifetime working their craft. And that's what I intend to do with Rel is I, you know, like I said, I've only been designing camo since 2017 and I learn and I enjoy that learning all the time. New techniques are coming online all the time for printing textiles, um, for designing, um, really getting, uh, I'm really intrigued with the whole AI thing and just how AI when used appropriately, um, can do amazing things. And so I, I think, as a creative, I, you know, I'm, I'm part of a community where with AI coming online, it, it's going to revolutionize everything. Yes, it's going to put a lot of people out of, out of work. Um, but I'm working on, uh, I'm trying to adopt an attitude of, well, let's see how it can actually help. Right. So not, not being scared of it, but let's see how it can actually make my job easier or make my, um, you know, help me do things faster. I think you still, I don't, I don't think we're yet there with AI. I don't know how we got on this topic, but how, <laughs> how, I don't, I don't think we're there where AI can really replace, um, raw creativity from the human mind not not yet yeah i think it can imitate a lot but i still think that there's there's going to be space for creative ideas things that you know you come to your mind and so i would hope that the future is is all about execution of your idea and making it easier to execute on an idea uh so let, let's let's hope right yeah otherwise we're be out of jobs and just be a bunch of robots running around. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting proposition, right. To be able to have gotten to a point where whether it's in the camouflage design industry or, or anything else really that we've gotten to a point where we can sort of self automate, um, you know, things that, that just a couple of years ago took hours and hours and hours of life. Uh, but to your point, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Now I, I think that, you know, AI could be leveraged, uh, in the creative process to kind of help fill some gaps to, yeah. uh, kind of, you know, bridge concepts. I think that that's where I think there's a lot of value. I think on, you know, like you said, the creative point of it, I, and I could be totally wrong. You know, I could be totally wrong. There's people that, you know, what built like the robots that just shoot paint at a wall for two hours and call it, Oh, look at robots can create art. And it's like, eh. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, if you think that binary code is art, then yeah, that, then sure. But um, yeah, I wonder if we're if how close we are to things like that, you know, in terms of it being a viable solution for problems like 
around uh, yeah. materials and manufacturing and design. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, without taking it, you know, going down too much of a rabbit hole, there, there is some exciting stuff coming online, but there's also, you know, really scary stuff uh, with regard to AI, in my opinion. So Skynet. I hope, I've seen Terminator. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And it's probably a good, if you're, if you're up for it, that's probably a good segue to uh, the counter thermal and, you know, the modern battlefield, because what, what we're doing at RELV now is we're working with partners who are tackling the big stuff on in today's battlefield. And so it's more than just a camouflage pattern. It's hiding your signature, whether it's a visual signature, your thermal signature, or how you look under near infrared and others, LIDAR, for example, you know, if you've got, one of these quadruped dogs walking around that we've all seen on social media and I've seen in person. And these things are the future. You know, this is what's going to patrol our streets. And even more scary is mounting a machine gun on top of the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a soldier, if you're, a, if you're a soldier who's going up against AI driven uh, enemy, you know, whether it's an aerial drone dropping 44, you know, 40 mic mic type rounds on your head from 50 feet up, or you're going up against a, a you know, a, a platoon size group of these quadruped dogs on the battlefield, because that's what the guys are looking at these days. That's where we're headed as a company is we are, we're partnering with folks who are looking to develop solutions to hide the warfighter and maintain lethality against AI an AI adversary. So, so with the, the fancy way of saying how do you how do you hide from that freaking you know terminator? Yeah, I mean with with because you've mentioned the your the eclipse stuff mm -hmm. uh, a couple of times. And as someone who just doesn't know, my first thought is like, oh well it's all about the material you know, the, the camo becomes almost, you know, it doesn't matter because it's about thermal, not visual. I'm sure that's probably yeah. an asinine statement I just made. Um, but not at all. Uh, how, not do, how does, cause I think, you know, everyone's getting into night vision or er, it appears that way, right? People are getting more into night vision, more into night vision. It's more accessible. It's cheaper. So then inevitably the cutting edge is now thermal technology and who has access to thermal and stuff. So with something like Eclipse that's supposed to provide that concealment and camouflage from a thermal standpoint, how does that, how do we even get there? Um, well, a couple things you mentioned there. So night vision is, you know, everybody is getting into it. That's for sure. Um, but I think thermal is easier to get into the night vision. If you know what you're looking at, you can get into a thermal for a decent thermal rifle scope for what you're going to pay for a PBS 14. And in my opinion, you can get more data from that thermal than you can a set of knots. That's my opinion, which is why we set out to address the counter thermal issue early on with Eclipse and we didn't bother with near infrared until later. So that was 
Gen 1 was Eclipse just built for countering thermal sensors. And then Gen 2 is when we introduced uh, features of our product that allowed you to hide when being observed under nods, so near infrared. Um, but now, you know, we're, that's, that's our product that's available now. You can buy it right off our website if you're a U.S. citizen. Um, but what we're working on now is, is other optic, you know, countering other optics and sensors. You know, LIDAR is huge. So um, if you've got a robot that's walking, you know, that walks into a space, say a clearing in the forest, and he with, has, has a LIDAR module on board and he is able to quickly build a 3D model of that forest around him, how do you hide and blend as a human being? How do you hide and blend in that environment so that, that when that robot scans, it doesn't pick you up and identify your silhouette as a human being, right? So my opinion on it is there are several components to it. And it's the visual spectrum, which we all know, you got to have camo that, that, that blends into the environment. Then you've got to have it built on textiles that allow you to blend under near infrared so that you're not glowing like a light bulb when something is looking at you through nods. And then you've got to have something, you've, you've got to, the third component is a product that breaks up your signature when being viewed and they're looking for your body heat under thermal. And our Eclipse product does all three. So um, we're, we're now looking at that fourth component. What is LIDAR? What can we do to combat LIDAR? So, yeah, so, and, and it's only going to get more and more advanced from there. Um, you know, you think about our iPhones where you've got these, you've got these scanners, your 3D scanner that's on board of your new iPhone. And, you know, with certain software like Polycam and stuff, you can quickly scan an object on your desk and get a 3D model. Well, that's what that's what the the drones of the future near future are already doing is they're in real time creating 3d models of an environment and then analyzing that environment and if you have multiple drones that come on station and they're looking at the same area of interest they're all creating a 3d model in real time and then comparing notes between those models to try and identify the target. So instead of dealing with one drone over your position, imagine dealing with a swarm of drones that's building a 3D model and then analyzing that from all different angles looking for you. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very terrifying. Yeah. And it is very terrifying because you're, and then AI is, is, you know, millions times faster than a human being. So in terms of processing that data. So if you're using AI to quickly analyze that data and quantify, okay, what are we seeing here? You know, it'd take you and I, you know, several minutes to look at a 3D model and try and find something where this thing's going to do it in, you know, a sec, you know, a couple of seconds, probably. 
<clears throat> so there's lots of interesting technology that's coming online and the challenge that we're wanting to take on with our military customers is figuring out how to use our tech and then what we need to build next in order to counter those types of uh, technologies. So with, so with like the, the, with Eclipse, right. Is that, did you guys have to develop that material, that mesh? Like, is that like a proprietary thing that you guys had to work on and develop? Or is it something that's, that's already out there that you were able to just leverage? Cause it seems like it's, cutting edge stuff, but I, but I, admittedly, I haven't really played with thermal much. Yeah. So Eclipse was owned, uh, and is, it was developed by a business partner that I have and he developed it, gosh, a decade ago wow. and presented it to the army. And the army basically told him, uh, you know, send us a bunch of samples, blah, blah, blah. And they entered competition with other companies and he was very successful with it, but, but it never really gained the traction that um, it, it needed. And the reason being was, I think at the time where we were still in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, we owned the night. So there was no peer to peer adversary who was coming after our guys necessarily with night vision and thermal like what the US military and NATO partners had. Well, because of certain events over the last three years, we have now enabled our enemies to have our own technology and they're using it against us. And so we no longer own the night. We no longer have that advantage of, you know, superior sensor systems, et cetera. And, um, and it's, it is unfortunate, but that is, that is the way it is now, right? So you've got guys who, you know, five years ago were never fighting at night. <laughs> yeah. Now we, we left them literally tens of thousands of units that they they can sell to any any adversary of the United States at will, right? So now those you know high end optics are showing up in Syria, they're showing up in Ukraine, they're showing up in China. I mean, they're, they're everywhere, right? Mexican cartel has them. Um, so that's why it, it's imperative for me leading this company to try and to liaise with the folks that are interested in, you know, de defeating that, you know, what, what is the next thing? I mean, thermal is, thermal is not even the future. Thermal has been around a long time and it's just that, it's just now catching on, right? So um, anyway, so rolling back. So yeah, my partner uh, who designed Eclipse, he, uh, he and I got together and he saw what I was doing with Relv and I you know, was visiting with him about his product. And he says, well, I've, I'd love to partner up. And I said, I would too. So we formed a partnership and so We've, we've got it all taken care of. So our manufacturing, our marketing, it's all US-based. It's all proprietary. Um, so yeah, that's that's how it came about is, is he had the product for 10 years and it just never really caught on because nobody in the military really saw a need for it. And then now there is a major need for it. So it's just a very, yeah, yeah it's like a short-sighted decision just because in that, and I get it, you know, we were in, in the middle east for a long time and to your point yeah 
our yeah. adversaries there were technologically inferior, right? They didn't have yeah. that access. So For to sure. look at that and say, yeah, we don't need that. That is right. just, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, it kind of screams government work, but uh, you know, I mean, and yeah. now, yeah, you jump, jump ahead a, a handful of years here and now not the case anymore. And uh, right. it, it, it's so that it, it almost feels like that's like your next, your next level or next generation, like ghillie suit is have you, you almost would have to, I would think have something like eclipse either as your base layer that you build off of, or the whole thing is, is built out of that material or something. If you're trying to truly be effective. Oh, for sure. Especially for the modern soldier. If you don't have something that can help mitigate your thermal signature on today's battlefield, you're in real trouble. I mean, I don't know if you haven't seen some of the footage over the last year and a half coming out of Ukraine where these poor buggers are, you know, set up in a tent or they're, or they're trying to get some sleep and the enemy shows up on station with a drone with a mortar round hanging underneath it. And, you know, it's a thermal drone, DJI Enterprise. So it's, it's, it's a Mavic 2 Enterprise Advanced drone that has a thermal camera. And it, it's so easy. It's too easy. You know, they just 3D print a gantry underneath the belly of that drone and they find their enemy with, with thermal camera and they just, on that gantry, it's an S shape and they just rock it left, rock it right. And that mortar round is on a little wire. You Works know, its way off and then falls. And just rock left and right and, and it drops on the, I mean, it's very primitive, right? In terms of, you know, it's not necessarily a sophisticated weapon system. Yeah. But that is the modern, that is the modern battlefield, right? So it's, and it's only, it's only going to get more and more sophisticated to where thermal thermal to me and the U S military knows it. They're well aware now um, after they've seen what's gone on in Ukraine, they're well aware that thermal, you have to have some type of mitigation for your personnel. Otherwise it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how cool your camo is. <laughs> yeah. If they body heat, you're a dead man. That's, that's just the way it is. So, um, yeah, so, so now militaries around the world are scrambling for that type of capability, especially in a wearable. Yeah, so, I was going to say, is there, are there certain materials that get you anywhere even close to that, like different fibers or different, I mean, like polyester versus cotton or something that's really going to help with any of that? Or is it really something that kind of ends up requiring a, a a ground up solution where we have to reevaluate, you know, basic combat uniforms. Yeah. So great question. So our, our, um, our, our Eclipse product is designed. We, it was designed to work like a heat sink and I won't disclose how we're doing it, but I will give you, you know, kind of a high level. It's designed okay. like a heat sink. Um, it's designed to blend your body heat to the ambient air temperature around you. Okay. And with that, a person has to understand that you're going to load the fabric with thermal energy from your body if you touch it. It's just, that's physics. You're, you touch it with your body heat, it's going to take on 
a hot spot where it's where it's in contact. So you don't typically want to you don't typically want to wear it tight to the body. You need airflow. Now there's other things that we're doing with the fabric, uh, with our formulations, you know, things like that go into it. So, so I'm really dumbing it down for, you know, an audience that's new yeah. to, to the conversation, but that's essentially what we're doing with Eclipse is we're, we're providing a solution that blends you to your environment. Now there's lots of talk. I'm sure you've seen it on the internet with, you know, guys saying, well, you know, you can pay $400 for Relby Clips, or you can buy a $5 uh, thermal survival, survival blanket and hide from a drone that way. And they're right. That thermal blanket will mask your thermal signature for a little while, but so will a wet wool blanket. You know, you dunk a wool blanket in water and hide under it, it's going to hide your thermal signature for a few minutes. Um, you can't see through it. It's heavy. Uh, the wool blanket, it's um, as far and as far as the survival blanket, it's a great big piece of tinfoil. And if you've ever tried to hide under one of those things, it's noisy as heck. As I so say, it's never it, the five dollar solution is never as awesome as it's sold to be by the people that. <laughs> that that think that they outsmarted the system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, could you use it in a pinch? I suppose. Um, I suppose you could, but you're giving up a lot. I mean, in terms of hiding in the visual spectrum, how do you hide a piece of tinfoil when you can see it reflecting light from miles away? Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Right. So, and you can't see through it. With Eclipse, you can see through it. You can focus your optics through it. Uh, without compromising your own position. So you're not sacrificing situational awareness and you're, you've still got eyes on the ball, but they can't see you. And that's a beautiful thing. With, with a thermal blanket or a wool blanket, you've lost so much. You give up so much of situational awareness. You have no idea what's going on around you once you duck under that. Um, so... Are there textiles out there that are similar? We have plenty that are trying to mimic Eclipse now. Uh, there are plenty of people that are coming online trying to trying to achieve that. And um, again, in the spirit of healthy competition, I welcome that. Um, but we're not really focused on what our competitors are doing. We're aware of what they're doing, but we're not focused on that. We're we're focusing on the next thing. So we feel like Eclipse checks the boxes. And it certainly does for the U.S. military and its NATO partners. Um, so we're on to the next thing. We're on to LIDAR. We're on to the, the next set of sensors that are going to be encountered on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, this is a, a closing note on, the, on Eclipse is we're very proud. I'm personally very proud of the fact that we sell Eclipse to U.S. citizens because as far as I know, our competitors do not. Our competitors are military and law enforcement only. Yeah, as I was going to say, I don't know of any any other uh, options out there that are civilian accessible. Yeah, I know. I, I, I should retract that. I know of one, one company that sells to civilians uh, a similar product. But most of this stuff is not available to 
U.S. citizenry. So for now, as long as we're able to, I'm very proud of the fact that guys like yourself and myself who are just regular guys can have access to that, can invest in something like Eclipse. So we'll see what the future holds, but, but I like that. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's the, the next evolution in effective camouflaging. I mean, I think it's something everyone has to look at and consider, you know, I mean, you, you have to, I mean, you can realistically come to terms and go, I, okay, I can't afford this, or I don't understand enough to make an educated purchase yet. And I respect that, you know, both of those things, but to just ignore yeah. it and say that thermal is just, a, I'm not worried about it. Who the hell has thermal? Like, well, actually a lot of hunters have thermal scopes. I mean, it, it's, it's not, absolutely. it's not future tech anymore. It's actually kind of to your point earlier, right? It's been around for a while. It's been around a long time, long time. It's just that it's come home because it's now being used against us where yeah. we used to have, we used to enjoy that luxury of advantage over our adversary now our, our enemies have it. Our enemies are developing their own. We gave it to them. You know, they, the Chinese and the Russians, the Israelis, who are not our enemies necessarily, but they, all of these nations have a lot of money invested in working in that, in that spectrum. And so, yeah, it can't be ignored any longer. It, for real, it, it, is, it is here to stay. So um, what I do like about the thermal space is that the sensors are coming down in cost, which I really celebrate that because I want to have access to that stuff just like the military does. And so um, I like that you can get into, you know, there are several companies out there that are offering pretty decent sensors, you know, that are affordable. And I hear guys, you know, I'll hear guys talk about, well, I can't, I can't afford that, you know, I think it really comes down to maybe this is maybe this is more on the preparedness, the topic of preparedness and the prepared prepared mindset, you know, as you, is uh, with your company is when it's a priority, you'll make it happen. And so if thermal and counter thermal is a priority for your kit, you'll find ways to sacrifice to save up and make that purchase. Yeah. So if it's a priority, then by all means, you know, drink yourself to death on the weekends or put that money away in a savings account and nail that investment. And I, I love that you just put it that way because I have a twin brother who uh, actually is like a bourbon steward. He's super into bourbon. Like he probably has 700 bottles of the stuff in his basement. He collects and he, you know, he's really, really into it. And for months yep. since I got night vision. I was like, hey, man, you got to check this out. This is good stuff. He's like, no, I don't need that. I don't. And he shoots. He's got, you know, gear and everything. This past weekend, yeah. we took him out. Uh, There's five of us hit the range. Three of us have night vision. I was like, here, yeah. man, get this helmet on. Check this out. Like here, this is a yeah. D ball. Press this button. There's going to be a laser. He is not. That was Friday night. We have every we we talk daily every day. He's like, yeah, man, I'm looking at uh, PVS 14 again. I'm looking at I'm looking at this stuff. I'm looking at trying to make it happen. I'm like, yeah. All of a sudden, it you know uh, wasn't. Yeah, I don't need that. And then until all of a sudden you do, and now you're trying to figure out how to make it happen. So you, you I, a lot you. Of guys make those excuses, but you know if it is, you know you're honest with yourself. You realize you need it. Like yeah, you find a way to make it happen. It's an interesting, you know, this is a kind of a fun segue because this is an interesting thing about those of us that are gearheads, because I absolutely am one. Um, 
I'm a gun guy for sure. Um, and I'm a survivalist. Um, that all of that equates to, I'm going to be spending a lot of money and I haven't even mentioned the hunting side of it. You know, hunting is very expensive. Uh, people think that, Oh, well, I'm going to hunt for, for my organic meat, dude, by the time you get your truck and your boat and your camo blind and your gun and your bow, and, and it just goes on and on. And it's on. so I mean, expensive. It's, yeah. I mean, it's not a cheap lifestyle to be a hunter if you're buying all the gear. Um, so it, again, it just, it, it becomes a priority and in your lifestyle. So what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice to have what you really, really want? And so if it's the bourbon collection, if it's, you know, the season tickets, whatever, you know, kill it and take that money and put it away and save up for what you really want. Instead of saying, no, someday just execute on it, you know, and, and get after it. It's like, it's kind of like that with entrepreneurism. You know, a lot of us like to talk about being our own boss. Well, uh -huh. I own the company, but you put your money where your mouth is. You know, if, if you're really that committed to it, then let's, let's get that LLC registered and let's get your idea on paper with an attorney and, and get your business going. Oh, maybe someday. And so that's kind of uh -huh. where it goes to, is it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just talk. There's always excuses why you can't, why you can't yeah. do it. And it's, Oh, well, if I had, you know, are, are you going to pay for, you know, whatever to start it up? And it's like, no, I mean, you yeah. got a way to do it, man. It's your idea. You got to yeah. suck it up, find the money, find an investor. Yeah. Although understand that comes with strings attached and understand that being your own boss does not mean you're off early every Friday, actually. And I know this from a little bit from the work with the pod, but I grew up, my mother owned a restaurant growing up. So like, okay. it yeah. was, that was, I mean, 50, 60 hour weeks were like the norm. You know, I remember going yep. to bed at 1130 in high school and she's getting yep. out her book to go like leave a voicemail at the produce company or something to, to leave the, the order. And I'm like, are you, are you going to bed? She's like, yeah, I yeah. just got to take care of this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, cool. Talk to her the next day. What time did you go to bed? Two. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Man, that's what an incredible example for you and your brother, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, no, it's, it, 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 it highlighted a lot of things, you know, um, that I, I don't know if I'll ever actually live off a business that I run on my own. Like I enjoy having the side thing, but, uh, it, oh man, it was, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. I watched yeah. her struggle and, and, and suffer a lot. It, and people don't see that stuff. You never see about that. You never hear about that, you know? Right. I think that's a beautiful story, man. I'm glad you, you shared that with me because I, you know, I, I think having visibility into those sacrifices really helps to shape our children. Um, so to have you guys, watch, you know, helping your mom at the restaurant and, and also seeing just her, her investment personally is tremendous for you guys as you're young men growing up. I think, um, we tend to forget, especially with social media, you see, it seems like, I mean, even with Ralph, you know, it's, it, we often get comments like, oh man, you guys came out of nowhere and blah, blah, blah. And the truth of it is, it's just like your mom. They don't see you up at three in the morning. They don't see you yeah. at the, you know, they don't see you at the bank talking to a loan officer about an SBA. They don't see you literally pouring your life savings into the next roll of fabric. So for example, we spend 
approximately $50,000 for every roll of Eclipse because it's made specifically for RELV and only for RELV. And, and so it's incredibly expensive. So we pay, we drop 50K every time we get a new roll of it. That gets very expensive, you know, and I've pretty much poured my life savings into RELV. My partner who invented Eclipse has, has put well over a million dollars of his own savings into the development of that product. And so like your mom, um, that's the stuff that, that people don't see. They just think that these companies come out of nowhere and you see, you see people on social media and it looks so glamorous and stuff. But the truth is, man, they're hitting it hard and it's oh, yeah. blood, sweat, tears, and oftentimes divorce. And, you know, yeah, it's really sad stuff. Right. But, but that's, that's kind of this, that's kind of that, um, refiners you know the, the the forging if you will that that an entrepreneur has to go through to really be at the top of their game and most of us are not willing to sacrifice at that level we'd rather just you know live comfortably and and complain but we don't really want to do yeah. what it takes well and it's and that's just a it's never as e. It's never. I mean, and you can even sit there and tell people that, and it's never as easy as people want to believe that it could be. Well, I can work long hours. I can, you know, the the end to that story is uh, what is where uh, nine years ago somebody broke yeah. in and robbed the place, and uh, it, because they cut themselves breaking in, um, watched too much CSI, thought, oh, they got my DNA. Now I'm totally screwed. So yep. for the $170 that they got, uh, they torched the place um, oh, uh, because wow. they they want to get caught. Spoiler alert, they got caught like a week later. Um, but sure. uh, you yeah. know, so that business been in the family. My grandmother opened it. My mom and my uncle ran it and everything. And, you know, years and years of, you know, everything that goes with it, you know, good memories, bad memories and everything and gets burned down. And the first thing out of everybody's mouth is, well, are you going to rebuild? You go, well, yeah. no, we're not. Well, why not? Yeah. You have insurance. You go, dude, insurance covers the cost of the demolition. That that yeah. building was, you know, like 80 years old that they repurposed into uh, a restaurant. They were grandfathered in a lot of those things. Well, yeah, but the area loves them. They can just get a loan. I go, dude, my mom's 56 years old. She's yeah. way closer to retirement than you know, yeah. it, oh, what is she? That's a 15 year loan, 10 years. I mean, like that's. That, she's jumping into a, a whole bunch. And at that point, my uncle had just died of pancreatic cancer. So it literally would have just been her. And everyone goes, oh, well, you got insurance. Insurance covers everything. Dude, insurance does yeah. not cover everything. And as a small business owner, if you claim that like that, like your premiums on the next go around are yeah. astronomical. It is, it, it's never as black and white as people want it to be. It just, it just isn't. Yep. Yeah. 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 There's a price. I mean, as they say, you pay to play. And yeah. so. You know, you gotta have, you gotta have some serious, serious guts to, to go after it. I, I really applaud your family. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. And it's obvious to me that, uh, you know, that hard, that work ethic was passed on to you boys. I'm assuming you have other siblings or is it just you and your brother? Uh, there's four boys. Uh, that's, they really wanted a girl. That's how I ended up with four boys, but we're all, uh, <laughs> once, once we were all kind of at that, like six or seven years old, uh, point uh and, and older 
uh, the grocery bill got to the point where they couldn't afford more, any more kids. So that, that was, yeah. that was the end of it. Um, cause we're, yeah. you know, I'm six, three, like two forty, two fifty. So me and my twin brother yeah. are the same size. My younger brothers are like six, six and over 300, wow. you know, college wow. football scholarships and stuff. So yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Uh, but we all got the work ethic, you know, no, nothing gets a free ride. Um, it's, you know, uh, yeah, and it's definitely, I think it's to see something like that. I, I, I think it's a, a blessing, even though it didn't end in the Cinderella way that you would like to see something like that. Yeah. end. still, you know, yeah. uh, and I think, you know, more, I, I wish more people that I ran into in life had the the mindset like, like what you do or, or obviously what, what I've seen with my, my mother and my family and stuff go through is that if you want something and you're passionate about it and you're not afraid to work for it, like you will find success. It, it you're probably going to go through some shit to get there, but yeah. you, you will get there if you, if you work. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more, especially here in the United States. Um, I, I don't subscribe to a lot of the political stuff that goes on, but I, I maintain that if you, if you're willing to do it, that you can dream it and you can execute on it. Anybody from any walk of life can achieve that. It's just whether or not you want to take that journey. Yeah. And the fact is people love to talk about it. Most of us will never execute on it. So that, less than 1% that actually does. I think it's awesome. And it's a huge blessing if you're here, especially if you're here in the United States, because people can, you know, they like to, especially the last three years, three, four years, they like to talk about how hard it is and this kind of stuff. It's like, it's, it's as hard as you want it to be. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to, to pay the price, you can get there. Um, so just do it, just execute. Um, surround yourself with uh, good people who who are willing to support you. And what I mean is by that is is to encourage. I don't mean go find somebody that's going to pay your way because I have no respect for that. Yeah, no, that's easy. But you know, if you've got a spouse, for example, who believes in you, or if you've got a partner that believes in you, or you've got a, a sibling, that can go a long way. I also have a brother and we talk every day and he's an entrepreneur as well. And we talk about the challenges of owning your own business. And some, some days you want to give up. Some days you're just like, man, you know, this is just, it was so much easier when, in the corporate grind. But then you think about how miserable you were and it's like, no, no, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take yeah. the late night and I'll take the, I'll take the challenges that come with, with my own journey. Yeah, that 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 soul crushing misery that can come with a because I just switched roles in my day job because I was in one of those positions where I was yeah. like, man, I'm gonna chop yeah. off my own toe or something. Like this is I, I hate this. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's I mean, that kind of misery is not any way to live life. The stress alone will do stuff to you that people don't realize. It's is awful. Yeah. Well, and I think I think also you know in, in kind of that the spirit of having that prepared mind. Um, I think it's important to be adaptable as a human being. I think sometimes we get so rooted in what our dream looked like that we're not willing to open to a pivot. Um, you know, in 20, 
at the, at the height of COVID, can I say the COVID word on this show? I think the so. height of COVID, uh, you know, my other company, which was really where I made my money during those years at North Powder, you know, we had big contracts and all of them canceled that year. I lost every single contract to COVID. And these were big, these were big contracts. And so I found myself with literally nothing going on. And so I got on the job boards and I went and found an art director job um, with a DOD contracting company. And I went back to work for the DOD for a year. And I was running RELV at the same time. And, and you know, on social media, you would never have guessed that, right? You're, yeah. you're looking at RELV and you're looking at the things that we're doing. And the, the truth was I was my day job was working as a DOD contractor again. And then at night, staying up late, working on customer relationships, packing orders, because I pack all of our orders personally. And, and so that's the kind of stuff. It's like you were saying your mom up at three in the morning and she's contacting a vendor, a grocery vendor. Um, that's the stuff that if, if you're not willing to go there and sacrifice that, you know, then you're stuck in the grind you'll never get out of it yeah it's, it, it's it's seldom as convenient as you would like it to be yep yep it never is <laughs> never is no um but you gotta you know you just gotta want it that bad and i, and I don't want to i don't want to sound sound like come off like trite like some of these motivational speakers that haven't actually done it themselves they just like to they just like to talk about the game yeah um but but i will say that it's true there's a price for admission and you got you got to pay it if you want it then go get it and it's going to cost you well and i think once you get out there and and do it and at least take those first couple steps a lot of people will be surprised at what they can accomplish um and you see it a lot in the preparedness and the training space uh i just had this conversation you know again with my brother he was very not only apprehensive but he'd he'd never been out shooting outdoors and and low light stuff and night vision he's like yeah i don't know i'm like well you're going to find out until you take that step. Like, I promise you, I wouldn't bring you out here with a bunch of like tools that are going to give you a yep. hard time. And he yep. loved it. But a lot of people yep. are just, I think we're so conditioned uh, to your point, right? not to, to sound, you know, preachy or anything, but we're so conditioned with that instant uh, response, that instant gratification with technology. You know, oh, I have Amazon, I'm going to order it. It'll be here tomorrow, you know, yep. or, uh, I apply for a job. I, I'll hear about it in three, four. Well, hopefully you hear about it in a couple of days and you have an interview and in a couple of weeks you're in, you know, or, yeah. or everything today because technology has made everything so much faster. If we think about it and we can't, uh, you know, realistically imagine it being a, a easy win, we're for the most part, I'd say probably at least 80% of people are willing to just throw it away and say, oh, well, you know what, that's that's for somebody else, you know, and it's, it's a yeah. terrible mindset to have, and it's no way to find any level of success. If you, if you pull the ripcord at, at the first sign of adversity, like, I mean, you're, it's going to be a rough life, man. Yep. Well, and I think hundred percent. And I think um, that's really the difference is, is being able to stomach adversity, being able to be told no, because the fact is in business, most of the time you're told no. 
you know, yeah. it's, it's something to celebrate as a salesperson. You celebrate when somebody says, yeah, yeah, I'm interested. Because most of the time people are like, no, I'm, I'm not interested. You know, um, can you stomach that? Can you take, can you take that kind of a message? And if you can, then carry on, man. And eventually you get really good at it. And eventually that stuff rolls off your back and you, you start to, to find sunlight metaphorically in success, yeah. you know, um, but boy, you gotta, you gotta put it in. I, I worry about the generation of, of youth coming in and, and I imagine you've got young guys that are listening to your podcast these days. And the thing I would say to them is um, your competition in your generation is going to be very low where I would dare say that your generation and my generation, cause I'm almost 50, um, I was raised with a totally different mindset. Oh, yeah. you know, I came from a, a very, very blue collar family. We were farmers and ranchers and mechanics. And, um, you know, there was a certain lifestyle that, that my family, my cousins, my, my, uh, parents, you know, we were kind of raised a certain way. And so I'm trying to break that mold in my own family. And so I, for this younger generation, you know, I've got a, a son who's, got a young family. He's in his early twenties. And, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, buddy, your, your generation, you won't find a lot of competition. I don't meet. It's rare that I meet a young person in his age group, early twenties right now, who is aggressive. No. And so I, I encourage my son be aggressive because then you're the one with the job. You're the one with making money. You're the one feeding your family. And you're the one that's going to be given opportunities for work because right now we're living in a culture where that's not encouraged. Oh, it's, 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 it's almost discouraged. I would, you know, right. I, uh, I teach high school marching band, uh, as an additional like side hobby, but I did it all through yeah. high school. I did it competitively. You know, I, I drum for the Detroit lions for eight seasons. You know, it was yeah. like a passion yeah. before I got into this, community. Yep. Right. So I still teach and try to give back and, uh, I can, so I started teaching in 2008 and mm-hmm. I can tell you in the last 15 years, the attitude is, it's so different with high school aged kids. The amount of the attrition rate that we get now, not because we're, we're too tough on them as instructors or coaches. Uh, and certainly not because the contents that, that difficult, like we start, I mean, football seasons in the fall, we're starting yep. now teach fundamentals and approach and stuff. And we have kids that just quit. Oh, well, this is boring. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I I only want to play this instrument. So if I'm not going to get one of those top spots, I'm just going to quit and I'll go play Dungeons and Dragons with my friend. I'm like, what do you guys not like work for anything? Like, you know, I've even had to, I had to have conversations with uh, like administrative leadership within the music program. You know, you can't come down on the kids. You, we don't want anybody quitting because they're not having fun. You can't make them run laps. They get a PE credit, but you can't make them run laps because then they're not going to have fun and they're going to quit. And that's, you know, coming out of COVID with, you know, uh, like Zoom learning. How did you band over Zoom? I, I can't even imagine how they made it work. But yeah, yeah. The, the attitude and the mindset is just not one of of hard work and dedication. It's It's just not there. 100%, man. 100%. So I'd say for your young listeners, you know, both of us feel the same. It's like, hey, you young guys, get after it because there's there's tremendous opportunity for a guy or a gal 
who wants to work hard and is not afraid of it. They get in and boy, I mean, the world is your oyster because you're, we're literally entering a, a period in history where people are encouraged not to work. I mean, you look at, you look at social media and you see all these young quote unquote influencers yeah. and they're, you know, they're, they're surfing in Hawaii or they're hiking the Alps in Switzerland and supposedly getting paid for it and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? That's not how the real world works. So I, I definitely champion these youth, young people who are, are getting after it. You know, I, I have this young uh, guy who interned with me three years ago and he spent his senior year working at our studio every day after school and was learning. And the dude was just a sponge and he served a, a religious mission for his church. And when he came back, he jumped right back into it. And as a freshman in college, he was mentoring junior and senior students in the same graphics program. And now the dude has his own business. And he's like, what, 23? That's amazing. 23? He has his own business and, and he's contracting with big companies to do advertising and things like that. And I couldn't be more proud of him because he's just, he's aggressive and he understands hard work and he understands mastering your craft and he's, he's hungry. You know, he wants to be the best in his, in, in his industry. And I, I love that. And it's so rare these days. So I'd say to your young guys, get out, get after it guys, whether it's no, a it's, business or just get after it. It's yeah, no, it's, it's definitely there. It's if, if you want it and you really want it, it, it the opportunities are, are, are there and it's, yeah. You just got to want it. You just got to want to work for it. But yep. um, <clears throat> this has been awesome, Kurt. I, I, dude, I, I don't even know how we got on this topic, but I, I love it. You know, this has been awesome. I yeah. really appreciate you carving out time. I know you're probably busy as hell uh, to to sit down and and have this discussion. Uh, you know, it's been great. Um, before we we kind of wrap here, if anybody wants to know more about Relve or what you guys are doing or where they can pick up hoodies yep. or, any, right, or eclipse or any of that stuff um where can yep. they find you guys online yeah relv camo r-e-l-v camo.com and our instagram and facebook is at relv camo so yeah super easy um you know we're small company so we we love to hear from new customers we love to hear from our current we've had a lot of a lot of fun with uh, folks that have been with us from day one. And, uh, you know, it's kind of this Relv, Relv nation, I guess. I don't know. But uh, heck of a ride so far, and we're looking forward to the future. I uh, want you to know I appreciate you having me on. It was a, it's been a great discussion. It's fun to talk to somebody that's also into the survival mindset and prepared mindset. Uh, so appreciate the invite. No, definitely. I, I love this. This was great, sir. I, I really do appreciate the, the time uh, and, I, and obviously all your knowledge and insight. So uh, I'm sure the listeners will love this as well. And, uh, you know, may, hopefully in the future here, we can find some more time and do it again. I'd love that. Let me know what you need. All righty, sir. Thank you so much again. And uh, we'll be in touch. Wow. So a, a seriously cool conversation uh, with, with Kurt from Ralph Camo. You know, uh, I've said it in a lot of interviews, but it's always 
it's always true. You know, I get to connect with some seriously cool people, some very down to earth individuals. Uh, and if the, if the end of that discussion, which started with camouflage and ended up with work ethic and mindset, doesn't just show you like just how cool some of the people in this, uh, in this space and community are, then, I mean, I can't, I can't help you, man. Uh, but that was great. You know, uh, obviously Kurt is very passionate about what he does has had a lot of different opportunities to do some very, very cool things, including, you know, by the sounds of it, work on some of my favorite video games that helped mold my childhood, like NCAA and Madden football, which ate up a lot of my time as a middle school student. Um, but I, I, it was awesome being able to hear about what Relv is doing and talk camouflage and talk about some of the, just the technological steps that are being taken uh, from a development standpoint and a philosophy standpoint to how we approach camouflage, the, the the kinds of problems that we're really facing, you know, out there in today's battlefield. Because I think a lot of people think that, the, you know, this thermal piece or, you know, just the level we need to take, the considerations we need to have when we're looking at just camouflaging our soldiers or vehicles, right, is it's a, a far thought off. And that sounds, you know, it sounds like something out of Battlefield 4, the video game, or, you know, Modern Warfare Black Ops or something to have technology like that. And it's really not. You know, the future is now drones and, and thermal imaging and LIDAR. That stuff is all very real and and very much something that <clears throat> has to be considered when you're having these kinds of discussions. So um, I had an absolute blast with Kurt and even got to, you know, obviously chat with him offline and just just outstanding, outstanding guy. You know, just another one of these connections in the industry where I'm so thrilled and fortunate to be able to make these connections and have these conversations. And I, I certainly uh, look forward to being able to connect with Kurt in the future, bring him back on the pod and talk, you know, more about, uh, you know, the things that he's had the opportunity to do being out there in uh, out west, right, in the Utah area and things, uh, the access to, to hunting and, and hiking and shooting and, and, you know, the wide open spaces that you're afforded out there that I, I just, I don't get here in Michigan. Um, you know, I have access to some things here, like, you know, that, that, that he doesn't, but man, it just, it sounds so amazing out there. And I, I really do look forward to the follow on conversation. And I hope that you guys, you know, really did enjoy, uh, you know, our chat. We got into a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of it was, was camouflage based, uh, quite a bit of it was not, and that's okay. You know, I'm always happy to have a good discussion with good people. And I think, you know, a lot of you guys are, are down for very much the same stuff. So I, I appreciate you guys sticking with us this far. And, you know, um, as always, we appreciate your support. And if you're looking for other ways to support us, check out our Patreon page. You know, head on over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. We're doing exclusive podcast episodes there we have blogs we have targets we have dry fire drills or, or live fire drills right videos going through things like i know i've done videos on the on draw stroke and gear and and we're, we're trying to do as much as we can to bring as much information and to share as much information as we can with you things that i've you know i've learned through my conversations my interactions with a lot of these people in the industry space that i want to bring forward and share with you guys and Obviously, you know, any support you can give us through Patreon is just one more, one more thing just makes it that much easier for us to, to do more of this and bring more great information to you all. So truly, truly, truly cannot say enough how, how grateful we are for all of your support and for you guys listening to the podcast here. So when I say, 
you know, I hope you enjoyed it. I really, I really mean it. Uh, this was a lot of fun for me and hopefully you guys enjoyed the listen as well. Been working real hard to try and get some really, really cool guests lined up over the next couple of weeks here as we are turning the corner into the month of May. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. I'm very much looking forward to it. But that's all I got for you guys this week. Until next time, get out there, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. <laughs>